Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, it is that time of the week again. It is probably the best Tuesday you've had all week. I mean, it certainly is for me. Stoked to be back after being gone last week at a, dis- a location previously undisclosed that is now disclosable because I don't want you casing my house. Ah, right. Anyway, I am your host, Dave Littlejohn. I have a special guest joining me in studio today. Uh, You are going to love this. And if not, fake it for me. Okay. Right. But Kent Smothers in the house. Kent, welcome to the True Well Show. Well, what? Exactly. Right. And so, and I just want to call you like a 401k babe. Right. Uh, But there's probably some formal title that you carry that it's means something in the industry, but all of our listeners are going to go, huh? Uh, you can just call me 401k babe, John. All right, right. 401k babe, John. We'll there go with you that. Go. There you um, go. So anyway, uh, Kent and I have been talking about doing this now for, it's been a bunch of months, right? Because uh, you travel a fair amount. You're a regional guy. Yep. Right? And you really do. So let me let me paint the, the picture in all seriousness for, for everybody listening. Uh Kent really is an expert. Uh, I've asked him to join me today because a lot of you listening, you're either going to be directly affected by this or you are going to be like one Kevin Bacon away from this, right? So like somebody in your inner circle deals with this. And that is the 401k landscape. These are workplace retirement plans. There are oftentimes... I'm not going to say they're misunderstood, but I think there's just way more moving parts than people realize. And I asked Kent to join us because I, we're going to unpack a little bit about a little of this. We're going to make it fun and interesting. Okay, that's that's kind of the commitment on the show, right? So this isn't about uh, I don't know. I mean, it's how would you sell a 401k anyway? I don't know. You didn't say anything about fun and interesting. Oh no, no, it'll be totally right. fun and interesting. Fair enough. And then what you say too. Oh, yeah, I that was coming. Oh. Bazinga. <laughs> Just like that, right? Remember, I'm giving you the opportunity to to mimic the slap thing. Oh, right? here we go. Right? We're gonna yeah. make it we're gonna make it relevant and start a Twitter war Starting about the true wealth program. Right off the bat. <laughs> nice, John. <laughs> Beautiful. So anyway, um so here's here's a few things, right? I, there's probably one of three hats that you may wear out there. Maybe you are currently participating in a 401k, right? So like, hey, I have one of these. Or maybe you are about to have one of these, right? So you're on your, so you're, you're kind of one of three stages on the way in, in it, on the way out. And then there's a, there's another hat that a handful of you might wear and you are business owners and you may be asking yourself, is this relevant to me? Okay. And I think we can unpack all of those today. Right. And if we're not careful, it might even be fun. Yikes. Here right. we go. So anyway, and I will tell you, you, you've got fun Dave in the house today because after a week of vacation, I actually got a little sleep. Uh, the markets didn't collapse while I was gone. 
and that's an inside joke at the firm here, but it used to be that whenever I took a vacation, one of two things happened, right? Either a hurricane followed me there or the markets collapsed. So some kind of disaster scenario. And neither of those has occurred, so moral victory. Perfect. You know, what we say in the 401k industry is there's never a 401k emergency. So something to be thinking about out there. It's true. Well, we say that about the financial planning world, right? There's no such thing as a financial planning emergency. Only the ones, only the things you didn't plan for. (laughs) So the the emergency is like, oh, we forgot to plan for that. Okay, gotcha. Right. But yeah, we don't plan emergencies. (laughs) So perfect. All right. So let's let's get into this a little bit. Right. I'm really curious. First of all, uh, probably for most of our listeners, a lot of you out there, you may already have one of these things. So here's my favorite question. So can't you see this stuff all the time? What is something that, like, a, the most common mistake you see in the the four hundred one k world? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like um, I was talking to my daughter one time after she got her first paycheck. I'm sure you all have heard this joke in some form or another, but she was looking at her paycheck and she's trying to figure out where all the money went, and she's like, "Who's this FICA guy? Why does he get all my money?" You know, and that's kind of <laughs> the four hundred one k scenario, it's right? Like, is that the name of the dog? Yeah, FICA. FICA, right? So a lot of what happens within the 401k space for people is they don't get much information up front. And so, David, I know you spend a lot of time with people helping them understand the front end of this thing. Sure. You know, what is it really? And honestly, it's a savings vehicle. It gives you a chance to save some money in an easy way where you don't have to stop at the bank after you get your paycheck on a Friday and drop in some money. It comes out of your check and you're off and running. Most people start it and they don't even know how much they're putting in yeah it's almost so that i mean the joke is sort of a set it and forget it right correct um but uh, so anyway you're 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 telling me about the story about your daughter i don't want to interrupt that right so we were talking about it and i just told her i said all you have to do is just throw this money in and then by the time you're my age you'll have three times as much money as i have it's all about starting as soon as you can she's 18 years old she got her first job at pizza hut She's off and running. Mm-hmm. So the mistakes I see is I'll talk to people who are in their 40s and they haven't started yet. Yeah. And they haven't started yet for a variety of real reasons that matter to them. I mean, they're real things, right? right? Maybe they just didn't have the money. There's a ton of reasons. The reality is if they would have started with 50 bucks a paycheck or 25 bucks a paycheck and just been okay with that, uh, they'd have an astounding amount of money today especially with the way the markets have been over the last 20 years. Yeah. So I'm going to make just this mild side detour on this to make a point because I think it's so relevant and all of it's because it's not just the 401k discussion, right? This can happen for IRAs, any kind of retirement plan, and really any kind of investment that historically compounds. And, and I'm going to make one small disclaimer because it's live, right? And because I am in the the actual financial services industry, not as a talking head, but as a practitioner, which means, hey, we have a different liability element here. So here's the disclosure, right? Because something happened in the past doesn't guarantee it'll happen in the future. But with that said, right, and, and that's everywhere, right? Past performance, no guarantee of future results, rah, rah, rah. You got to say it yeah. a lot faster. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so the here's the thing. Uh the financial system largely is engineered for inflation. 
Okay, whether we, we I don't have to go into the, the why and the how to hijack the program. We've done that before on this show. But central banks plan, right? And remember, there's no planned emergencies. Hardy are, right? Just unexpected or unintended consequences when the plan was not fully vetted, but they plan for inflation. They want a certain amount of inflation. If that is the case, we can reasonably expect that you need to have assets that are worth something and you need to own those assets so that you can protect your purchasing power. Because if you just put money in a mattress somewhere, you can plan that the purchasing power is going to diminish over time. So that's part of the backdrop. And that's why we've historically said, look, if you put money into, say, the stock market and wait 15, 20 years, there, you can read books out there for experts, air quotes, right? That, that will swear that the stock market's going to go to zero. It's going to disappear and everything's going to go away. And what I will tell you is, if that's the case, you have so much bigger problems to worry about than your 401k. It, it, because a full-blown financial collapse is a global calamity. Yeah, it's in time which case, to build a bunker at Yeah, that we've point, literally, right? we're resetting the world. So yeah. it's not statistically something that I believe is worth playing out, which means I'm going to play the odds on the other hand of it, which is if I have a 99.99% probability that it plays out this way, and yeah, politicians will screw stuff up and the central banks will screw stuff up, right? But we'll go through these boom and bust cycles and we'll ultimately inflate our way into you know watered-down currencies, but the markets, the, the people that are participating in making the jobs and making the widgets and the things that make our world go, that stuff appreciates over time historically because it has to. Mm. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so, you know, so I hijack your point to come back to like, that's why we can say time in the markets absolutely matters because you can compound it more, right? Because the magic, like, you know the rule of 72, right? Yep. I mean, you have to. <laughs> By the way, uh, if, if I said little, no, am I fired? A little secret. No, I can't fire you from radio. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Kemp, I think, is he's a more knowledgeable as far as like the investment side of things than I probably am. I don't know about the economics, but that's arguable. He's a pretty sharp dude. He, like, he just doesn't get to be on the show Aww. all the time. So the rule of 72 is, you know, how long does it take to double money, right? Divide your rate of return by the number of years and... I'm doing it backwards, right? So divide 72 by the rate of return and it will give you the number of years that it takes to double your money. So the financial industry likes to use 12 because every six years you double your money. But here's the trick question that's not a trick question. What's the most important doubling in the cycle of your investments? Right? So if you're going to invest for however many years, what's the most important doubling event that you have? Right? And the answer is the last one. Because that's the last time you're going to double it, right? Biggest, so biggest the sooner you start, right the, the more end. times you can you double. Got it. You got it. You got it. And that's the thing that... You know, you ask me about other things. What do people do that I see that are mistakes? And one of the other things I hear a lot, I've, I probably met with 5,000 people in their 401k plans in my career, mm -hmm. and I hear this enough. It's simply this. People will say, yeah, I knew a guy that lost all his money in the stock market. And every yeah. time I hear that, I ask him a simple question. I say, in, have you ever met somebody that's lost all of their money in their 401k? Have you met them? And they say, well, no. Okay, right. where's that idea come from? 
Well, I mean, I can I ha, now. Everybody's gonna make that joke. I remember two thousand eight when my four hundred one k turned into a two hundred one k, and I'll go, ha ha. And if you stayed in it, guess what? Your four, your two hundred one k is now an eight hundred one k. I mean, it's massive. I mean, <laughs> you know? I tell people all the time. I say two thousand eight was the single best event that ever occurred to my four hundred one k plan. And if yeah, you don't you know what I'm talking in. about, call David Little John after the show. Because yeah. the honest truth is, the money that came out of that time period was huge. And so I was busy during that time period helping investors in these 401k plans do things like level set their expectation. So you put your money in every two weeks or every month. You just keep putting that money in. So what are you doing, John? You're buying in at little increments, right? Mm -hmm. That's the most powerful way to invest today is buying in in tiny increments and then getting the tax benefits for those as well. Exactly. It's huge. It is huge. So uh, <laughs> anyway, here's, here's the thing. I think there are a few things that are low-hanging fruit for everybody that's in the, the 401k landscape. And I'm going to take this incredible career risk and share some things that might almost be considered advice, but they are going to make me take an evil corporate profit break first. So we're going to do that. And on the flip side of this, if you're a participant, you're going to want to come back and, and, and we're going to talk a little shop about what you can do to uh, potentially improve 401k outcomes. But first, this break. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn and my special guest, Kent Smothers, and you're listening to News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1240 KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. That's what we get for, uh, you know, here we are gabbing in the studio and the music comes back on. It's like, how long you let that go? And the answer is longer than I was Spoda. So my bad. Uh, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Littlejohnny in studio with Kent Smothers. And by the way. I just got to apologize to David. He had to remind me that I said his name wrong three no, you, times you, in a row. You don't have to yeah, So I'm going to go on Twitter immediately and out to my seven followers and make sure that they understand. And have a public apology exactly. and say that was really, we're really going to ride this. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. Before the show, he couldn't help it, but you know the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, which I truly, I would not have known about the Oscars. Like, I don't. I'm really ambivalent to it because Hollywood, to me, gets a bigger voice than they deserve for not necessarily being relevant oftentimes. So it makes this whole scenario more fun. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about it, too. So, uh, No, don't apologize for that. I mean, my last name's Little John. If I And, and like people, they spell it as two words all the time, too. They think it's Little and John, and it's actually not. It's one word. So Little's so, not your middle name? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's not. And and uh, so anyway, that's that's so normal. And I get John all the time. And I tell him it doesn't bother me, right? Like some people are really sensitive to it. I'm like, no, that totally makes sense. My name's like that. It can, it's not a trick. So it doesn't it doesn't bug me. We're good to go, dude. And and, and I will continue to say like, I still appreciate that you're here and that you're sharing. <laughs> right? So for all of our listeners to see, if you haven't gotten caught up, um, so Kent's an expert varsity level on 401ks we're going to get into some of the interesting stuff here if you're just getting caught up grab our podcast right so you can subscribe to that one it's on itunes you can get it through amazon and all those different places just look for the true well show if you look up little john you're going to find it because that's kind of weird right that that's such a common name but anyhow you can get caught up 
And so, Kent, you were talking about the, the first lesson you're sharing with your daughter. And I asked kind of what's the common mistake. And, and my joke is it's the early and often thing, right? Like voting in Chicago, early and often. That's how you invest, too. <laughs> get started early and get started often. But here's the trick question, right? How much does it take? Every, you know, I think you just start with what you got. That, that's what I tell people all yeah. the time. Start with what makes sense for you. And then the key is just keep ratcheting it up as you go. So there's there's some of the magic here. Let's talk about that for a minute because I said before the break I was going to take a career risk and go through some advice, right? But but it's probably not a career risk because I don't see the liability in anything I'm about to share with you. But these are real, honest to God, genuine tactics to deploy in your 401k. So the early and often isn't a joke, okay? The earlier you start, the longer time period you have for money to compound. Okay, that's the the frequency at which it can essentially grow upon the growth it's already had, right? So interest earning interest upon the interest upon the interest and so forth. It's a really powerful thing. And I can tell you from being in this career now for 22 some odd years, there's a magic point at which the investment growth exceeds the contributions that you can put in. And it's a funny turning point when people see it, when they go, hey, you know what? I was able to put $7,000 into my account this year, but it grew by 12,000. And they go, that's wild. They go, that's compounding in its finest right there. So that's yeah, when that absolutely. starts to occur. And th that's a shocking moment for a lot of people, like you just said. I mean, it can be almost disturbing in a way to realize that your money is making more money than you're actually even putting in anymore. Uh -huh. And it's kind of a blast. I remember when it happened to me. Yeah. And here's the part, again, the, the early and often thing I go back to again, there's there's a couple things that happen in 401ks automatically that are sort of magic. Okay, One is you have a long enough time horizon. People worry about at the end, uh, like as they get closer to retirement or they're in retirement, Hey, what do you do? You can you can alter your investments to be more conservative. And what that usually means is just less volatile. So you don't want the big swings up and down. But here's the thing. It's possible to get to where your accounts are earning more interest than you were earning as a wage. So you can get a raise to retire <laughs> if you do this. Okay. And that may sound crazy to some folks, but it's about how or how often do you like when do you get started and what does your lifestyle cost you right so here's two magic points you already hinted at one of them kent one of them was like the raise cycle right yep. so how much do you put in and you said right as as much as you can start with. as much as yeah. you can start you with right it. but one of the t i'm and i'm i'm gonna let i'm gonna hint at this we did not prep this by the way but i'm gonna see if you can kind of finish my sentence here when somebody gets a raise they should consider adding. this. Yep, increasing the contribution. So increasing were, the contribution. If you were doing 4% of your pay and then you know you're going to get a 3% raise, do 5% of your pay going forward, that raise is still going to feel almost identical to what you took home anyway. Right. So you, you'll, in fact, you can benefit. still get a raise, right? Like you can still have more take home income, but direct some of it to increasing the amount that's going toward your retirement plan. And you're not going to feel it. It's, but you're going to increase the returns, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to increase the savings rate. Yeah, and I think too that one of the other things that I see quite a bit is people who haven't started saving. They get to a certain point and they feel like, oh, there's just 
no time left for me. And I would argue 100% all day long. If you're out there right now and you're, and you're saying that to yourself, when you go to work tomorrow, start. Just start. You got to forgive yourself for time that's lost. But, man, you can make a ton of headway. I got to tell you, John, part of the reason I'm in this business is my dad and mom never saved. And it's heartbreaking for me to see today that they're living on what they have from the government. And that drives me every single day. You can probably hear the passion in my voice. It's I, I get up out of bed and I go, man, if I can just help one couple out there have a little better retirement, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. The, the magic to me in those situations is getting to somebody early enough to make more of an impact. Yeah. Because if you're already retiring, like at that point, I don't want to say that it's too late, but in, in a lot of respects, it is, right? If you're going on to a fixed income, where is the discretionary extra coming from to build a nest egg, right? You're, you, you've passed that part of the power curve. Uh, I will oftentimes use this analogy. So a lot of people here, so I'm not really a surfer, but I have surfed, okay? And I'm a big water sports guy, and I've done a lot of stuff. So the thing about surfing that's interesting is where you are on the wave matters, okay? If you start paddling too early, you can, you know, the wave can crash on you. But the good news is that doesn't ever happen in investing, right? If you start paddling really early, it just means you can stop paddling sooner and the wave will catch you. If you are late, you may have to paddle really hard, which is the equivalent of saying, I'm going to have to put a lot more in and it's going to impact my discretionary income. I'm going to have to save aggressively and like really tighten my belt to catch up to that wave. But the other is you can just miss it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you've kind of 100%. run out of time and run out of momentum. And the just missing it is the part that's the most heartbreaking to me because there is almost this. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, right, Kent? There's almost a segment of the population that is angry at people that have successfully saved, right? Like it wasn't yeah, fair. Agreed. Somehow there's this victim mentality. And go, what most of these people have missed is the very simple opportunity that if you're 18 years old or, or even younger than that, you know, you get a job and you start saving 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, over the course of your lifetime, that turns into hundreds of thousands of dollars if yeah, you just consistently yeah. do it. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, just as a kind of a side note on this whole thing, you know, I've been in a 401k plan since I was 21, and so I've watched it. So it's not as if this is all theory and I'm just a scientist out there. This is what's happened to me, and so I've really enjoyed the process. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you one of the other big mistakes that I see, frankly, is this whole concept of people – thinking about when they should sell. And so they move money to cash when, you know, things get a little dicey. And the biggest mistakes I see are the investment side of the whole equation. So remember, a 401k is a savings plan, but more importantly, it's an investment plan. And the investment side, as you know, is the part that's confusing to people. Yeah, and we, we can unpack that a little bit here. Um, because I think there's some start, there's some things that are like they're really low hanging fruit. Again, I keep using that term, low hanging fruit, like because they're easy, right? They're easy to do. So one thing that um, consider, so I, I think a lot of people think what's what the investment is is the the deal breaker, and 
what I'm going to tell you is that statistically, that's probably not the case. Okay. Now you can invest in dumb stuff in your 401k, and the reason I say that is there's usually a menu to choose from, right? Where it's like, well, hey, you have everything from more aggressive to less aggressive. And you could do the equivalent of still putting your money in the mattress inside of your 401k, and it won't work for you, right? If you put it in a cash equivalent account, it's no different really than putting it in your checking account. It's just tax deferred checking account. But tax deferred no earnings is still no earnings. Yeah. So zero, that doesn't, zero. That doesn't help you, right? Um, but the, the misunderstanding here, this is another one, and there's probably the statistics have shifted a little bit, but something above 90% of your return is generated simply from the allocation to the different asset classes. People think that they need to pick the perfect investment, and that's really not the case. If you're capable of picking the perfect investment, which is statistically really hard to do, right? then you can have superior performance. But the dirty little secret of the business is all you need to have is adequate performance, right? And yep. and you, uh, this I'm gonna I'm gonna all right I'm gonna totally soapbox for a second. <laughs> Here he comes. Ready? Here's the soapbox thing. People will go out there and henpeck the idea of fee structure all day long, saying if you could just pay five basis points less, which is five hundredths of a percent, right? Less in fees over a lifetime, it saves you tens of thousands of dollars. And I look at that and go, yeah, or if you could avoid that one stupid mistake early, it could save you a million dollars. Yeah, that right? one time that everybody went into cash in 2008 in panic mode, right? and like, they stayed there until the middle of 2010. Because the research Crazy. is very clear, and you know who published a lot of this stuff? Uh, there's white papers on it. Vanguard, yeah. the champion of low fees, are the ones that came out and, and, and published reports that shows. And, and there was another study, like a 20-year study by a company called Dalbar. They looked at uh, the returns of professional investors versus amateur investors. And what they largely found is the amateurs underperformed by a significant margin. And we're talking like 3 to 5% over a lifetime, which that's way more than the difference of a few hundredths of a percent yeah. on your mutual fund, right? They underperform materially because of da ding, really stupid decisions that and self-inflicted wins. Yeah, and right? that you know honestly that just illustrates the need for having professional management. Honestly, and I'm not just yeah. I'm just not trying to puff you up, but the reality is uh, you you need accountability and you need somebody who knows what they're doing to give you some guidance. Well, and you 100%. need clinical separation sometimes from the emotions, right? I've said this on the show many times, emergency room doctors don't operate on their own family. And there's a reason for it, right? Because emotionally compromised situations can disrupt quality training, right? Training is how you overcome the emotions that can lead to bad decisions. But you have enough of a upset in the situation and like the training goes out the window right so you have to realize that our emotions are our worst enemies on these but anyway so there are a couple things that you can do around that too but i see we're running a shade long so we better grab another break here when we come back i want to talk about some of the things that you can do to help manage the risk and, and the, the neat part is these are so easy you're going to kick yourself when you figure it out but we got to take a break stick around we'll be right back this is dave little john Hence, mothers. And you're listening to True Wealth on, let's see, it's News Radio 93.9 FM and 12:40 AM KQEN.
All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with... Kent Smothers. All right, and Kent, uh, at the break, I promised that uh, there was this sort of cheap, easy, and automatic. That's the, the, the thing. As I said, the dirty secret of risk management in 401k. One of the most celebrated ways to reduce risk for investors. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging. All right, give us just the... 30,000 foot, 10 sec, just go. What is it? Got it, got it. So, best friend calls me on the phone. He says, hey, uh, I want to get in on Exxon. I should really get in on that. Don't you think? I mean, stock's down to 40 bucks or something like that. It's got to come back. And I go, dude, do you even max out your 401k plan? And he goes, no. I'm like, okay, back off for a second. So, you're going to buy some Exxon, maybe make 90 bucks on it, 100 bucks. Who cares? If you can put money in your 401k every two weeks, you're buying Exxon probably in your 401k inside of an S&P index. So now you get the tax benefits of it, and you're buying every two weeks, every two weeks, every two weeks. you got to fill that bucket up first. And he, he's like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Of course, well, next, next time I saw him, the stock went up 20 bucks, and he, he couldn't believe it. No, like, come on, man. Just well, trust me. You know, that's a speculative move, though. Like, you can call it an investment. When you go buy a single position, you're speculating because it's an all or nothing yeah, it's event, one time. right? It's, you, you, you bet it's, one, one time, you got one stock at one price, but when you buy it every two weeks, you're getting that stock at different prices all the time. And then you get to decide when you're in retirement when you want to sell it. So you might sell some positions that have gone up by hundreds of hundreds of percent. It's true. And and so the the key here is when you put in money every week and you buy a little every week, the price is going to fluctuate, but what you're going to develop is an average price over time. And so when the markets are up, you'll buy a little less. When the markets are down, you'll buy a little bit more. And the idea is if the same amount of money or a little bit more is going in each purchasing cycle, so each whether it's monthly or biweekly or whatever, then when the markets are down, you should be buying a little bit more. So what you're going to do is you're going to increase the total number of shares that you own over time. And that's kind of the secret, right? You want to buy low. So you're buying more on the dips than when it's in, in yeah, the peaks. And that's when we educate people about buying and selling. The first thing I tell people is the most money you're ever going to make in your 401k is when the market's the lowest, because that's when you want to buy as much as you can get. Yep. And so that money's going to compound at such an extraordinary rate that by the time you get into your 50s and 60s and 70s, that's a huge amount of money of stocks you bought when you were in your 20s, 30s and 40s. And and so and we're not even talking about something that's really magic that I want to touch on. There's a part of the vast majority of 401k's, not all, but most have a feature that we haven't even talked about, which is the employer match. Uh, right? The secret sauce. The secret sauce, which is essentially the employer, if you put money into the plan, the employer is going to match what you put in also pre-tax. And so think about this your Exxon story, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I wanted to buy Exxon, right? Well, you know, you could have bought it at 40 and 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 it could go up to 80. Or you could have had a 3% match in your 401k, put 3% in, and your employer puts 3% in, and guess what? You have doubled your money. It's, it's amazing. I mean, right? Think about if you put $1 in and your employer doubles it, you just made 100%. Just exactly. Like and all you did was put your $1 in. 
and then so, that money then compounds and compounds absolutely. and compounds and grows with interest, et cetera, long term. I mean, it's it's really shocking when you do the math, and it's so fun to watch somebody. I'll, I'll write it out in front of them. I'll sit down and just notebook it, and when they start to see it, and you can see the light bulb goes on, uh-huh. I just sit back and go, yeah, let that I, melt right I, in. I will say, without naming names, but I can tell you, we have clients at our firm that were lifetime 401k participants that are comfortable millionaires. Oh, right. It's, it's and, the millionaire next door, next door story absolutely. over and over and, and over. And, and if over. you were to talk to them about it, they would say they did nothing remarkable, just they were consistent, they showed up, they, they didn't even open their statements, and 35, 40 years later, they were shocked to learn that they were millionaires. Yeah. You right? know, it and it just worked. You, you see somebody in there, they got a cell phone, their kids have a cell phone. Their cell phone bill is 200 bucks a month. Right. If they put 100 bucks a month into their 401k plan, what would they have that would be additive to their life long term? Huge. Oh, right? Is your cell phone additive to your life in any way? I would argue, I don't even know if this is the show for that, <laughs> David. But Yeah, no, I think you're right. That's a I true well show. You, man, Come on. For, for a cell phone bill, you're changing your life. Yeah. And and so true wealth, by the way, you know, this is for you, Cam, because our listeners, my regulars, they get this. Right? <laughs> I, they're, they're, these are quality of life trades, right? Uh, there's a time in life to defer gratification. There's a time in life not to. There's always trade-offs to everything we do here. But I think you're right. The cell phone trade oftentimes sucks a lot of our life away. Whether we recognize it or not, you know, you're pouring hours into it that, that end up being fairly useless and also resources that could go elsewhere that could contribute to doing the things you want to do. Yep. And, and there, there's a real psychological danger in the cell phone culture here that, I, like YouTube, more and more people watch somebody else have the experience and then skip it themselves. They're not participating in life. They're watching somebody else do it for them. I think that's the sense of magic that goes with it. And I don't know if we're spinning in the, in a different direction on that, but man, yeah. don't get me started. Well, you know, at the end of the day, we're all real people here. And so that's, that's the issue that we're, we're trying to tackle. Yeah. So well, back to the match, I wanted yeah, to, yeah. I wanted to share this with you. One of the most underappreciated benefits that I see. So we're talking about participants here. If you're a participant in a 401k plan today and your employer provides you with a match, Tomorrow, go to work, stand in front of your employer and just say, thanks a lot. This is awesome. I really appreciate it. So for all the employers out there, I'm just giving you a plug because you're making a huge difference in your employee's life when you provide that benefit. Yeah. And, you know, actually, I I do. I want to talk to our employers for a second, right? Because and some of here's you might be an employer without employees, Okay. Now that sounds really weird for me to say, but you might actually be this person and not realize it. You know how you can tell? I will tell you after this last evil profit break. (laughs) Exactly. Right. We call those teasers, right? It's to get you to stick around through the commercials. (laughs) We'll see if it works. You want to know, maybe it's you. I'll tell you how to spot it in just a second. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. Kent Smother. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Home stretch here as we're on the final segment. 
And uh, I've got special guest Kent Smothers in studio with me today. I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn. And I wanted to uh, talk to employers out there, but I kind of was this caveat, right? And if you're just catching us, grab the podcast. It'll be at littlejohnfs.com tomorrow under the Educate tab and all of your usual podcast stops. So if you haven't subscribed, you're not like an evil person. You're just not as informed as you could be, right? So grab the podcast and hook that up. Uh, So... The, the trick here is many people, we've been talking about 401k plans today and retirement plans in general, and it's the early and often savings. We've talked about how employers can make matches. And, and if that doesn't make sense to you, it's because you've just joined us, right? But don't worry, Kent's about to smooth this out for you. So you may be an employer and not realize it. And if you are an employee, there's some things that would be helpful for you to understand. So like, don't tune out on this part. If you understood how the sausage got made and how the employers had to think about designing a benefit package. Like there's some things that like, like a car is a car and a truck is a truck. We kind of know what those are, but the features can be customized. Right. Yep. And so we see that a lot. You deal with the employer relationship all the time. Okay. Cause you help design these plans. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like what should an employer be looking for right now? Cause it seems like a lot has changed in the financial world in the last few years. Well, I mean, the pandemic has changed everything and the, the relationship between the employee and the employer has changed so dramatically. So what I'm seeing right now, David, is that employers, if most employers haven't touched their 401k plan in two and a half years. And a lot of regulatory issues have come up since then. So if you're an employer today and you're listening to this and, or you're an employee and you're going to go to work tomorrow and thank your employer for the employer match that I suggested you do, um, right now is a great time to really look at your plan, open it up, dissect it and make sure it's still the right plan for your business in today's market. One of my best friends is a restaurant owner. The pandemic blew up his restaurant. Sure. I mean, he sure. had to start from scratch. So dining in, forget about it. He had Now he's 100% dine out. He's still making great margins. He had to flip his business, but he had to flip his 401k plan around because it didn't match his business anymore. So yeah. that's just an example of what you're seeing within the, the current status. And so it's time. If you're an employer out there and you haven't had a chance to sit down and revisit your plan design, uh, it's time to do it. I, I agree. I think it's something that should be regularly reviewed. It and and reviewing doesn't mean you're going to make changes. It just means that you know if there were changes to be made, that would be an appropriate time. Uh, a lot of people don't realize like 401ks aren't like going to a brokerage account or buying an IRA or something where you the the universe of things to choose from are sort of whatever you want, right? There's a menu of investable options. But in most cases, like I know with you guys at Empower, right? Because that's, so Kent works at a, a company called Empower, second largest uh, provider of 401ks in the country, right? So yep. big player, great, great firm. And, you know, when you look at them, like you can customize a menu. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, meaning we, you can pick spend, different investments, right? Yeah. We spend a lot of time sitting down with an employer and their advisor and their third party administrator trying to come up with what's the right way to build this benefit for your culture. So, for example, you've got a, a aircraft manufacturing company with a certain culture and then you've got a software development company with a certain culture. Those plans have to be built differently. And you do have a sort of set of rules you work within, but the customization of that is where the magic happens. 
And so today's this this is great timing to relook at yeah what you've done there. And so four hundred one ks. All right. So to me, I'm I'm gonna play like the consumer for a minute or just the average business owner. It's like, look, I'm just a small business. I got you know just a handful of employees. A lot of them are part time. Like I you know. 401ks are for big companies. You know that's really not appropriate for me. Sure. Yes or no? Yeah, I disagree 100. percent I think the reality today is if you're an employer in this market, you're struggling to find quality people and retain those people. I mean, I heard a story today about uh, an an employee that's making less where they're working today in a blue collar uh, job, and they could go to making you know hamburgers and make three dollars an hour more. I mean. If I'm an employer right now, I'm struggling in the, you know with how do I find good people, how to retain good people in this wacky market? Because remember, two years ago it was flipped. It was an employer market two years ago. Yeah. Two yeah. years ago, if you were looking for a job, you just were happy to get one. Right. So things have really, really changed, uh, um, and the plan design matters. And so if you're a small business, you are scrambling to figure out um, what can I do to provide a great benefit for people that's affordable, reasonable, and also still hit my margins for my business. Yeah. And so here are things I'm going to give you just for all of you listening out there, if you're wondering plan design, again, this is something that you don't have to be a company owner to, to care about this, right? Like how much of a match and how is it structured? That's part of plan design. Like, a, like an employer can say, hey, I want to match this much. There, Believe it or not, there are employers, I'm one of them, that, that likes to incentivize people to participate. And so they structure the match to try to encourage people to participate in the plan a certain amount. Yeah, okay? and one of the coolest matches out there today is giving your employees a match 100% on the first 3% they put in and then 50% on the next 2% they put in. So in other words, if I put in 5% of my pay, my employer is going to give match me four. Yeah. 4%. I mean, that's a big number. And it incents me to play, and then it incents the employer to also provide a great benefit. Right. And behind the scenes, there are other elements at play. So just so everybody understands, right, that is, that is a specific type of matching structure. It's called a safe harbor. I promise there's not going to be a test. But if you are going to speak with a financial professional, and you may want to ask about that terminology, because in a sense, it makes the 401k plan easier to administer. Because the 401k, there are some rules that you have to follow, right? And you know why? Because the government said, and I think this is an okay thing, hey, we can't design something that's that benefits some employees but not all employees, right? It was to prevent companies from playing favorites. Yep. So they Consumer put in place protection. fairness rules, right? You got it. And so some of these rules is like if it's good for the owner, it's good for everybody, right? But you can't be a plan that only benefits the owner and nobody else. That's no. we you know, we have a word for that. We call it cheating. <laughs> so <laughs> so it can't be that. Right. And so the rules are designed around that. And so there are these different options that employers have. But again, it, it's to fit your business. And for you as an employee, like how would you figure out what options are available in your plan? There's a really easy way because the rules of 401ks require that this exist. OK, there's something called a summary plan description. Oof. Right. So the the, the SPD. Right. Yep. And that is like the shorthand brochure version of the features and options available 
So you don't have to read 100 pages of material. Yeah, it's literally a summary. It's basically yeah. saying, here's the rules that you need to know about as a participant. Uh, when you're eligible to participate, what's the match? Uh, when can you take money? All of those different pieces are in that summary plan description. And if you're a listener out there right now and you've never seen one before, um, it's very likely that it's out on the website of the company that manages your 401k plan. So you set up a username and password, just like you would at a bank or any of your other um, you know, digital media stuff, and you're off and running. You can look it up in the report section or document section, look for summary plan description. It'll tell everything you need yeah. to know. And I think that everybody should at least you know, pull that document out and kind of peruse it to be familiar because there are different features to different plans, right? And they're designed for different reasons. Like if for an employer, if they really want to keep you around, maybe they give you a really high match. Like I've heard of companies giving like 10, 15% employer match, but they have a vesting schedule that says you have to be a long-term employee to keep it, right? We want you to stay around. We're going to pay you well to incentivize you to stay, but it's like, here's your golden handcuffs, right? Yeah, well, who's that company? <laughs> well, <laughs> who's got that match? I'm in. You dude. know, yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> they're, they're rarer, you know, but, uh, you know, I've seen it before. I'm not I've saying it, it doesn't before. exist. That's true. And you know what? <laughs> if you're an employer that's trying to figure out how to, you know, structure the right package, all I'm going to say at this point, because we can hear the music at the end of the show, is see me after class. If, and if it's not me, find a competent professional. But look, you give us a call at Little John Financial. It's 541 375 0898. All right. But look, hey, can't we're out of town. Hey, thanks for having me on, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, We'll have to do it again sometime. Meanwhile, again, if you have questions, uh, email info at littlejohnfs.com or 541-375-0898. Until next time, this has been Dave Littlejohn. The preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.